Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Dr. Jeffrey McGee. He's a global talent development expert, a leadership and sales management strategist and coach, as well as a best-selling author. Dr. Jeffrey, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Christopher. So let's just dive right in. I always love talking to people that have traveled different places. And, and you mentioned that you were raised in where again? Colorado on a farm. Farm boy. Moved to where? Went to, uh, went to college in Kansas on an athletic scholarship in journalism. And, and then from there, just kind of spent some time in the Midwest, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, as business and as careers evolve, ended up in Montana and uh, recently sold the business I had there. And I'm now in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nice. Again, I, I appreciate people that have different perspectives because, again, I've never grown up on a farm and haven't even been to Montana yet. So I just love learning about different places, different people. So first of all, what's one thing you feel you can learn on a farm that can apply to business? It's a great question. I do a lot of work with military generals. I have a lot of agricultural clients, high tech clients, pharmaceutical clients financial clients, all of those. And the one thread I see woven between no matter where I am, that's about success goes right back to your question. What have I learned about being raised on a farm? I think being raised on a farm doesn't necessarily make you better or worse than anyone else on the planet. What it does though, is it gives you the opportunity to understand things differently, such as work ethic, such as things that need to be done, whether you like it or not, chores, responsibilities, obligations, ownership, you know, the weather may be bad, but if you have animals, they've got to be taken care of and, and you do it just because it becomes a part of your life. You don't think twice and you sure in the hell don't expect to be paid an allowance for it. And I think that <laughs> becomes a part of the DNA of great successful people. Very few successful people that are self-made, which is a contradiction statement in and of itself. Um, we're not raised in a pampered, wimpy, uh, wimpy way. Yeah. Now, Jeff, Jeffrey, the reason why I mentioned that is because Jeff, Bezos, literally the, the most successful entrepreneur in the world, he talks very fondly about his grandfather who had a farm in Texas. He literally told everyone in, a, in an interview that he became so resourceful by learning from his grandfather who worked on the farm. So going to your point, I've never again worked on a farm, but I really appreciate people who are with the land. They appreciate, they know it. And in business and entrepreneurship, you really need that. And it's also an analogy too, right? When you plant a seed, it doesn't grow in a day <laughs> or two days. Right. It takes and a lot so, of work, a lot of attention, a lot of nurture. And it is, that's a great metaphor and analogy for developing people in terms of talent management or, you know, taking a product, a deliverable, a service, a tangible, intangible, the marketplace, whether it's through the virtual market space of the planet or whether it's traditional Main Street USA brick and mortar. Uh, again, I've always made the comment that one thing that's sad about America and the planet, but I think we own it in the United States, is that everyone is envious uh, someone else's accomplishments. You know, we almost make an Olympic sport in America that whenever someone's successful, we have to find a way to knock them down and find fault with them. You know, so the line is long of those people who are envious of what you or I or someone has accomplished and have, but I've never seen the line of people that are envious of the work it took to get there. Everyone thinks yeah. it just happens. <laughs> I know, right? Like people look at me like, well, Christopher, you've been here for 20 years. I'm, yeah, yeah, 20 years. I mean, you look quite young, but still like, like that's why I still believe capitalism is the best system. I mean, yes, there's challenges, but, but again, unfortunately, um, like people don't realize that, that it's just hard work and it might be glamorized. And 
people look at billionaires like, oh my gosh, look at these people. It's like, look, I met a lot of billionaires and some of them are nice, some of them are not. But with someone like Jeff Bezos, I mean, the guy is really inspiring. He actually was adopted. His mother was actually like 16, 17 years old when, when uh, she had him. So again, just you mentioning your farm reminded me of Jeff Bezos and it's great. So because what I also mentioned that for is because again, sometimes clients, you're, you're a coach, sometimes clients want to meet immediate results. And that's why your, your farm analogy, I mean, tell us about some of the clients you've worked with and how you go about transforming their lives, Jeffrey. Good question. So a lot of times when I, when I come into an organization, uh, it usually is for one of two reasons. Either the organization is doing great and they want to, in essence, go to the next level or the organization is having problems and they want to get that resolved and addressed so they can get back to a success trajectory again. One of the things that's interesting is that, again, I find that organizations that are successful are successful for three reasons. I've added two more for five. And every organization <laughs> that's not successful is not successful for the same reason. There's three and I've added two more, so there's five. So it really does. Uh, you know, I tell people life is a formula. Whether you're cooking, whether you're an engineer, designer, scientist, you know, uh, a chef in your own kitchen uh, on the weekend or whatever, everything's a formula and success is a formula, whatever it is you want to do. Richard Branson and I've written three books together. He writes on a regular basis for my magazine and he's you know, started four different businesses from zero to a billion dollars in stature. Each one had no connection to the prior because he's identified there's a formula to success. And if you, you know, find something you want to do, you apply the formula, you have success. Now, again, it's like math, you know, it's, it's except that in entrepreneurship, it's more exponential than, than, than one plus one equals two. So the other entrepreneur that, that you bring up in, in my mind is Dale Carnegie, where Warren Buffett says this all the time, where when he was 20 years old, he took a public speaking class with Dale Carnegie, paid $100 at the time, which is about $1,000 now. And he literally has said that has changed his life. It allowed him to find his wife, allowed him to give confidence to himself. But we forget that, though, he's almost going to be 90 in a few months. We forget that he's one of the best salespeople in the world because he took a public speaking class. So tell us about your, your, your um, understanding of leadership as it relates to how you communicate. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, lead, leadership as it relates to speaking. So I'm not talking management or I'm talking general life skills. I'm going to frame around leadership. Leaders have the ability to be able to have a vision. They can see over the horizon. They can talk macro. They can talk big picture. They can inspire people. They have the ability, whether it's innately or, uh, or, or they've learned it and mentored and were trained, they have the ability to connect with people, both on an emotional level uh, as well as on a more lasting substantive level. I think sometimes we have people that we call them great leaders. They're very charismatic. They're great communicators. They can awe people and excite people. The danger in that is that sometimes they're so good at the art of communication, they're really a zero substance. And they actually <laughs> do massive long-term damage to individuals, to organizations, to entire cultures. But people at the time are so enamored by them, they're not catching their rhetoric as code for bullshit. And so no one's going to call them out on it. So leadership is very scary because you can be a leader and have positive, genuine, sincere intent. And you could also be a leader and you are, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing. So that's a powerful question you pose. Some people get it. Most people don't have the intellectual capacity to process what I've just said and what you just asked. Now, again, that's why the two people I referenced, you have a Warren Buffett and a Jeff Bezos, both are standing at the time. And it's not a coincidence that they're both actually friends and they, him and 
uh, the other person, Jamie Diamond, who's from, from JP Morgan Chase, all three of them are building this, this, this um, amazing partnership to help us fight some of the healthcare costs. So again, you have a, a great education, a great background. I love how you communicate your message, Jeffrey. What's one thing you feel that we can do every day to be better leaders, whether you're an entrepreneur, an executive, a speaker, a coach, or even an employee, no discounting what they do as well, because we need teams in, in life. What's one thing you feel we can do pragmatically every day that we can be better leaders? You know, a dominant response to that, when you look again, we're just looking at the category of leaders for our listeners right now, because again, there may be variations of this answer if we apply it to others. So I just want to calibrate everyone's ear and brain to hear what you've asked and what I'm going to say. I think great leaders are genuine and sincere to themselves. And what I mean by that is that they understand where their strengths and gifts are, and they try to double down and play and accelerate and accentuate and highlight that as often as they can. And then for, therefore, they also can identify what their weaknesses or gaps or lacks are, and they have the innate ability again, or they've been trained and skilled and mentored up to know how to, to identify in others their gifts, their strengths. So again, great leaders, we've all heard it, but sometimes people don't really understand it. Great leaders surround themselves with people that are even better than them in the areas that you know, again, you or I would need them to be great in. And that's how you build a winning team. You don't build a winning team by everyone having the exact same strengths, the exact same abilities. You have to have complementing strengths and abilities so you can have balance and be well-rounded. So leaders on a daily basis are true to themselves, which allows them to be true to other people. And, then, and they hold themselves accountable. I think I need to add that. You know, great leaders do hold themselves and others accountable. There's a, there's a massive lack of that uh, on the planet today because whenever someone does try to stand up and hold someone accountable, uh, again, you see a lot of people freak out on the planet versus saying, wait a second, I may not like Christopher, uh, but he's just made an accountability statement. And regardless of my political views or my gender views or my biases, what did Christopher just say as an accountability statement? Let me look at that objectively. And then we would have a much more effective planet. But again, people don't like accountability. Yeah, that's a perfect way to end our podcast, Jeffrey, because again, one of the most sure signs of an amateur or new, newbie leader are those that have too much control in terms of what they think they can or cannot do. And I learned very, very early on when I had various leadership roles at American Express where if you're not able to delegate and trust people with their expertise relative to what you're not good at is what you said, you'll never exactly. be successful, you'll never be scalable. And again, that's one of the biggest signs of a leader that lacks leadership because again, some egotistical leaders, they all wanna control, micromanage, but frankly, they just stress out and they're just they're like tyrants. But those that I admire and those that I aspire to be like, it really comes down to finding the, the people that do things that you do well, don't do well, and you build a team and just, everything's just better that way. It runs better. So Jeffrey, thanks again for being in our podcast. How can our guests get in touch with you and read your books and how you use a coach? Great answer. Appreciate it. So they can look me up just with my name. It's jeffreymcgee.com. So it's Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And McGee is spelled M-A-G-E-E. -E. So jeffreymcgee.com, they can check me out there and anything I can do to help you. Um, there's tons of options on that website as to how we can connect. Great, Jeffrey. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Thanks, Christopher. You too. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.